today on It's Time. All that open the womb are mine. Now, by the way, this is an interesting verse right here because everything that opens the womb, the Bible says, God says here, is mine. So if you're a firstborn in your family, I don't know if you know this or not, you belong to God. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going to the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. So if we can move away from the Word of God, anything becomes acceptable. I've had people say, Mike, you're so opinionated. I said, yeah, you're right. And when you read the Bible, you'll become opinionated too. Why is that? Well, if I don't know what the Bible says, I can truthfully say, true is true if it's true to you. But once you read the Bible, once you know what God has to say, once you know what his statutes are that aren't polluted by the world society, now all of a sudden I have an opinion. I know what God says, and I want what God says to be my opinion. So it isn't that, well, you know, there's a lot of paths to God. No, that ain't what we just read. See, this is why he directed them to go in to the land of the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and all the otherites that were there. They were into pagan idolatry. They worshipped the gods of fertility and uh, the the bales that had their little arms out and and they'd heat them up red hot and then put their illegitimate children on the arms of this this stone or 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 uh, carved uh, image of, of Baal, and the little babies would fry. God says, go in and wipe them out. You see, there's certain things that just violate your conscience. And eventually, God will violate them. So he says, you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, his name is jealous, and He is a jealous God. Lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they play the harlot with their gods, and make sacrifices to their gods, and one of them invites you in to you to eat of his sacrifices. He said it's slow, it's calculated, that they begin to infect the church. I was uh, talking to a friend, I think I shared this before, but it's worth repeating. I talked to a friend that went to a uh, seminary of a very well-known denomination that has drifted pretty seriously from, from Christianity. And they said in one of the classes, open your sermon with a verse and then move as quickly as you can away from it. Why would you do that? Well, you see, the Word of God is powerful... And it's credible, so use it as credibility to bring in the lie. Has that happened before? As a matter of fact, it did. Remember when Jesus was up on the mountain fasting, 
And towards the end of his fast, Satan came to him and said, all the kingdoms of the world are mine. Mind whomever I want to give them to, if you'll bow down and worship me. What did Jesus come to do? Redeem the kingdoms of the world? Satan is saying, here, here's a shortcut. You don't really got to go to the cross and die. Remember when Peter said that? Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. He knew that. But what's weird, subsequently, as the devil was tempting Jesus, now all of a sudden, the devil is quoting the scripture to Jesus, cast yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple, for it is written in your word, the angels will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Well, actually, it was a little out of context, but that's what the devil does. When you're in God's will, he protects us. But it's interesting, Satan quotes the Bible to Jesus to give it credibility. Well, now look at this. He says, lest you make a covenant with them, be careful. Verse 16, and you shall take his daughters for your sons and their daughters and play the harlot with their gods and make your sons play the harlot with their gods. In other words, watch out for interpersonal relationships. Watch out for marrying people that are in the world. Now, it's all the way through the Bible. This is one of the most important things, whether you're going into a marriage or you're going into business with somebody. Well, they're my, like my friend. I grew up with them or whatever. Hey, listen, if they're not a Christian, they're serving themselves. They're serving the God of this world, the Bible says. You, as a Christian, you're supposed to be serving the king. What fellowship does light have with darkness? Make no covenant with people of the world. This is what, what God is saying here. Why? Because God knows the nature of the heart of men and how we're influenced by society. We're influenced by our friends. We're influenced by television. We're influenced by the theater. We're influenced by all these different things that bring a different philosophy into our minds. And now all of a sudden, I begin to believe those very things because I've been weakened because I don't hear the word of God taught anymore. So he says, you shall make no molded gods for yourself. Now, he goes on and he says, listen, three times a year, you're going to have these different festivals that are going to bring you, going to remind you where you need to be. The first one, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, you shall keep seven days and you shall eat unleavened bread as I command you at appointed time of the month of Abib. And for the month of Abib, you came from Egypt. All that open the womb are mine. Now, by the way, this is an interesting verse right here because everything that opens the womb, the Bible says, God says here, is mine. So if you're a firstborn in your family, I don't know if you know this or not, you belong to God. Isn't that strange? In fact, you'll find oftentimes, if you're the firstborn in a family, that you might end up being the real, maybe the only Christian in the family. But God's design was the firstborn of, in the family was to be the priest of the family. But it didn't just go there. It was all the animals, everything, the firstborn belonged to God. And so he says, those that open the womb are mine. Every male, firstling among your livestock, ox or sheep. But the firstling of a donkey you shall not redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem him, then you shall break his neck. In other words, if you don't want to give it to God then it doesn't, it shouldn't live because it ultimately belongs to God anyway. 
All the firstborn of your sons you shall redeem, and none of them shall appear before me empty-handed. So he said, basically, we need to have something that we offer to God. Six days you will work, but on the seventh you will rest. In plowing, time, harvest, you will you shall rest. And shall observe the feast of weeks, the of the first fruits of the wheat harvest, and the feast of gatherings at the year's end. Uh, the, very similar to what we have in what we call Thanksgiving. The first fruits came in. It wasn't what was left over and it was maimed and mangy. Oh, we'll give this to God. Maybe you can use it. No, you brought the best to God, and that was the way God did it. And he said, three times a year, all your men shall appear before the Lord, the Lord God of Israel. For I will cast out the nations before you and enlarge your borders. Neither will I, neither will any man covet your land when you go up to appear before the Lord, your God, three times a year. So it's interesting that he said, hey, listen, a nation needs to knowledge God three times a year. And you shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven, nor the sacrifice of feast of Passover be left until morning. By the way, we all know leaven is bacteria. Louis Pasteur, remember looking through his microscope, saw the wee little beasties, realizing that as that uh, rots, it gives off the gas, causes the bread to rise. Now, again, when you stop to think about it a minute, um, leaven is in part... It's a, it's a bacteria in the grape juice that causes it to ferment, causes the bubbles. Same thing. So he, he says here, don't offer that. God doesn't want anything offered to him with bacteria in it. I, long before they ever figured out what leaven was, even God said, hey, uh, this is, um, is a part of, uh, of rotting, actually. So he says... You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven, nor the sacrifice of the feast of the Passover be left until morning. The first of the fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God, and you shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. This was what the Canaanites were doing as a fertility rite, that somehow this was going to uh, cause this kind of uh, fertility to go on, whatever. God says, don't do that. It's just weird stuff. And he says, so write these words according to the tenor of the words which I made a covenant with you and Israel. So he was there, the Lord, 40 days, 40 nights, neither ate bread nor drank water, and he wrote the tablets of the words on the command uh, uh, of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. God gave him a copy, if you will. Now, he said he didn't eat or drink anything for 40 days. How can that be? Well, friends, all I can tell you is this. Jesus said that we live, not, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That may have been a very much a fulfillment concerning Moses. I do know this, that God's able to sustain us when no other way can. And we know, of course, Jesus fasted for 40 days as well. Verse 29, and so it was Moses came down from Mount Sinai. And the two tablets of this testimony were in Moses's hand when he came down from the mountain and Moses did not know the skin of his face shone why he talked with them. So he'd been with God. His face was shining. He didn't know it. And we're going to read everybody else did. By the way, 
When you spend time with God, your face shines. You may not know it, but people around you see a different countenance in you than what they see in the world. Do you know there's not a lot of answers in the world right now? Have you noticed that? Nobody knows what to do. How do you stop Russia? How do you stop all the crazy stuff going on? Hey, the new big thing, catalytic converters. Have you heard about that? They find some guy laying under your car with a sawzall, sawing parts of your car out. It's epidemic. It's costing America millions of dollars. The police departments don't know what to do about it. And you look at this and you go, we, we live in a world gone crazy. Another big thing right now, to steal, you won't believe it, beehives. Yeah, they're going onto farmer's fields and stealing beehives. It seems like whatever they can get to take, this is a condition of a lawless country. And by the way, friends, lawless countries bring about totalitarian government. This is what Hitler did. He released 2,000 of the most hardened criminals in Germany, and I believe it was 1934. He released them. And of course, the the, uh, crime rate just skyrocketed because of all these criminals now, uh, back out in the public again. And so... He had a friendly gun registration. Well, you know, I'm going to do this just just temporarily. And he disarmed the German people so he could do whatever he wanted to do. And you look and see today what's going on. You know, it's, I just wish our government would do what it's supposed to do, like have a good military and protect our borders. But they don't do that. They don't do any of that. They're designing your gas cans. Have you tried to get gas out of a gas can lately? If you've tried that, that's quite a feat. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got to push down, twist, turn, and you know, there's no vent hole. So, I'm going, ah! Why don't you do what you're supposed to do and stop doing what you're not supposed to do? But you see, we live in a fractured society. Friends, I believe Jesus is coming back very soon. Your face shines because you've been with the Lord. You may not know it. Moses didn't know it, but everybody around Moses did. Notice it says, And so when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone. They were afraid to come near him. And then Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the rulers in the congregation returned to him, and Moses was talking with them. Afterwards, the children of Israel came near, and he gave them as commandments. All the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. Now, it's really weird, because why did he put a veil on his face? Well... You know, he was just really glowing and didn't want to blind everybody. He kind of got, I know, it was COVID. First place in the Bible. Here you go. Do you know what the Bible says? If you go to uh, 2 Corinthians 3.13, Paul says the reason why he had a veil on his face is the glory of God. That glow that he had was diminishing. 
And he didn't want the people to see it diminish. But you know what? Moses and the law, the same thing. It diminished because God had something new for everyone. You see, you represent God to the people and the people to God. And I don't believe we really understand how important that is in our world today because you're the last glimmer of hope for the world. Do you realize that? Without you, they're lost forever. And so to take every opportunity that we can, listen, if you're in a store and you see somebody over in the corner crying, don't feel bad about walking up and say, can, can I help you? Or if you see a mom and, 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 and the kids are going crazy, rather than saying, oh, I, you know, I heard this story about this man. He used to ride every Sunday uh, by uh, the uh, subway. He used to ride on it to go see his mother on Sunday. And, and he would go regularly every Sunday. That's what he would do is just go up and see his mom on Sunday. He said, one Sunday, he said, this woman got on the train, on the, on the subway, and she had these, no, excuse me, he had these kids. It was a guy that got on. He had all these kids, and they were running and jumping on the seats and going crazy. And this guy who usually enjoyed his ride to see his mother reading his paper and drinking his coffee now has a zoo going on in front of him. And he looked over at the man and he said, would you please control your kids? And the man looked over at him and he said, well, I'm really sorry. Their mom just died yesterday and they're all messed up. They can't sleep. They don't. And the man said, I felt so bad. Because, see, it's so easy to judge something without knowing what the conditions are. The kids hadn't slept all night. They were heartbroken. They were mad. They were angry. All this stuff going on. And he said, the only thing I was concerned about was my newspaper and my cup of coffee. And he said, this is the problem that we have in a world today where we have become so center focused that the only time I'll say anything is when it's an inconvenience to me rather than having an eye for the loss saying, why are you crying? Is there anything I can do to help you with your kids? Is there anything I can do to make your life a little better? You see, friends, that, I believe, is what the Christian heart is. When Moses said, we are stiff-necked people. You see, I want to remember how much God has saved me from. I want to remember how much God has forgiven me for. You know, it isn't maybe sometimes to you sin to you really understand your need to be forgiven. The Bible says where sin abounds, that much more grace abounds. Should we go sin then so grace abounds? No, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is when you sin and you realize God's forgiven you, then all of a sudden you realize how God wants to minister to them. You see, I don't want to forget the hole from which I was dug and the pit with which I was drawn. And when I do that, then I become arrogant and I can say, too bad about you. See, once again, Moses' face was glowing. He'd been in the presence of God. You, because you're in fellowship, because you know God, your face glows too. In fact, you don't oftentimes know it. Moses didn't know it. But the people around him did. And I believe the people around you see that as well. 
But whenever Moses went before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And he would come out and speak to the children of Israel, whatever the Lord had commanded. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, the skin of Moses' face shone, Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with the Lord. I look at this and I I think something interesting. I think that, you know, people know you have a relationship with God. They may not understand. And I I think a lot of people right now are like really hungry. You know, if if the bombs fall, well, where will you be? I don't know. I look at these poor people in the Ukraine and I, my heart breaks for them. This one lady I saw last night interviewed on Fox News. She says, why are they doing this to us? We didn't do anything to them. But you see, this is the mentality of the world. This morning, if you're not a Christian, you better start really thinking about it. Because I believe you're running out of time. You know, the Bible says the Lord's going to take his church home. And then the world's going to get what they always wanted, a world without God. The dawning of the age of Aquarius? John Lennon, the world will be as one? No, the Bible says, Revelation 16, unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. That's how bad it's going to get. No dawning of the age of Aquarius. No nothing. This morning I pray that if you've never prayed and asked the Lord in your life, this would be your day. You see, Jesus died on the cross for you to cleanse you from your sins so you could be reconciled to the Father. That's what God wants. Because when you belong to the Lord, you know why you're here. Even our own constitution, our Bill Declaration of Independence, we were endowed by a creator, friends. Have you spent five minutes to find out what this creator wants from you? Or do you have the communistic view? That you are evolved. You're a cosmic accident when lightning hit a swamp. God created a bunch of squiggly things. Squiggly things grew fins, grew legs, crawled out of the swamp, grew hair, became truck drivers. Is that what you believe? Just throw a couple billion years in there. Well, you see, there's a big difference. When you realize that you are divinely, wonderfully made, no one has ever been like you on this planet, no one will ever be like you ever again. Wouldn't it be nice to know the one that made you has a calling for you and what he wants you to do for him? You say, well, I don't know how he would use me. I don't have any special talents or gifts. Oh, but that's where the Holy Spirit's power of the Holy Spirit comes in and gives you gifts. He will use not only what you have naturally, but oftentimes, well, I should say oftentimes, he'll use what you have naturally, but he'll supernaturally supercharge you for what he wants you to do. This morning, if you've never prayed, ask Christ in your life. We're going to pray right now. Those listening by radio, internet, you pray too. And let the Lord just change your life. But it begins somewhere, begins with a prayer, but God will show you your whole life is goodness. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive my sins. All the things I've done wrong. 
I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. He rose from the dead. His blood covered my sins. So now I ask you to restore me and bless me and heal me. Write my name in your book of life that I can spend eternity with you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I'll be about your business. And I thank you, God, I never have to be scared of dying ever again. And so, Lord, now I commit my life into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.